0: Podcasting from a sex-writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Lancers community on patreon for as little as five dollars per month you can ask questions get answers and interact with both molly and kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it head over to patreon.com slash the smutlancers that's patreon.com slash the smutlancers to learn more Another episode of the Smut Lancers Podcast. It's me, Kayla, with the fabulous and wonderful Molly Moore. Hey. <laughs> I really do prefer it when it's the two of us together. I'm just saying. I said it last week. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna whine next week when it's just me by myself, because that's what I do. Uh-huh. It's okay. Um, this week is another mailbag episode. We are, mm-hmm. we are answering questions sent in by listeners, just like whoever can hear the sound of our voice right now. Um, so I'm gonna, we're going to say this a few times throughout the episode, so let's say it now. If you ever have questions based on something that you're going through as a content creator or you're trying to make money or you're trying to find ideas, or you ever read a blog post that we, one of us has written, or you listen to a podcast episode and it makes you think of about something... Send in the questions, send in the comments, send in the tips, send in the whatever. And we will dive deeper into those comments. We will answer those questions. Uh, last month's mailbag, was it last month? Molly Moore went on a rant to rival my <laughs> rants. And I'm known for ranting. It's what I do. So yeah, we, we take comments too.
1: and you know what if you want to ask us something about us we will also give that a go too so if you're like curious about something about me or something about kayla or even about our friendship or anything like yeah
0: we'll we'll take it yeah we're we're sex vloggers who have put our tits and among other parts all over the internet believe me there's very (laughs) few questions (laughs) that, Uh that we would not answer we just yeah it's it's fine ask away So let's get into it for this
1: month. Okay. So let's start off. We have a question that was asked on Twitter in response to us soliciting ourselves Mm. um, from Plushy Puppy, which is um, at Her Plushy Puppy. And they said, hey ho, I've mentioned this in the Slack before. By the way, that's the Slack group that you get access to if you subscribe to the Smart Lancers Patron for $5 a month. You get access to the Slack. Uh, I've mentioned this in the Slack before, so apologies if you don't have much to say on this. How can I develop a consistent writing practice? And then underneath they've put, personally, starting to write something is my biggest problem. So it's difficult to write daily. So, like, getting started is their problem once they get – I'm assuming that once they get going, they're good. Um, So, yes, how can I develop a consistent writing practice? Miss Kayla Lords, what do you have to say? Uh,
0: I want to address the second half of that first as part of this, and that is – you do not have to write every day. First of all, Mm -hmm. I think there um, can be a lot of pressure that people put on themselves once they get it into their head, that they're somehow supposed to be writing every day. My personal philosophy is it doesn't have to be daily. It just has to be consistent. Um, And consistent doesn't even have to mean that you write on the same day of the week, just that maybe the same amount of time in general is spent on it. Um, And I, if, if the problem for somebody is getting started, and that I, I sometimes have that problem when I'm procrastinating or when imposter syndrome gets me. It's hard to get started. Um, I do a few things that feel free to take and use in whatever way works. One, I bribe myself. If I do this thing, I can have this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I get this blog post written because I said that's what I was going to do, then I can, what is it that I want to do that I probably shouldn't be mindlessly scroll through Twitter, binge watch some YouTube videos, read my book in the middle of like in the middle of it. Um, so that is that is one thing that I think can help if getting started is the problem. The other uh, or another thing is to... Um, break it up into bite-sized time frames so I think sometimes especially if you know it takes you a while to finish a post maybe it takes you an hour maybe it takes you two hours and the idea of um, starting feels overwhelming because you're like oh my gosh this is gonna take so much time uh-huh. um, this is sort of a, a trick've I've heard a million times for things like going to the gym or doing other things but commit to 15 minutes uh-huh. tell yourself, I only have to sit here for 15 minutes and if after 15 minutes I don't want to do this or I have nothing, I get to stop. Most of the time, what you'll blow past your 15 minutes, you won't even notice, you'll, um, you'll be 30 minutes in and you go, like, oh, I've, I've been doing this thing for a while. Um, and then the other thing that came, comes to mind is to think about what's stopping you from starting. Is it imposter syndrome? Uh Is it procrastination out of fear of, oh my gosh, this might not be as good as I want it to be, or oh my gosh, my goals feel too big or whatever. Um, Is it that you don't feel like the ideas are there? I've read somewhere, I will not take credit for this, but I think it's brilliant, is that the muse only shows up when you do. So if you are waiting to be inspired before you can start writing, you will likely be waiting a very long time. Uh-huh. Um, and then I think once you figure out what you need to do to start or why, what is stopping you from starting and you work through that, then building the habit becomes a little bit easier. You might have to set reminders. You might have to bribe yourself. You might have to write it on your to-do list, like whatever works for you individually to get you going. Um, then it's right. a matter of putting in the de- time to develop the habit. I think that it's a false belief that all creative people are so excited to sit down and write that they don't that we don't have to train ourselves to sit down mm-hmm. and write. And that right. I disagree with completely. It is a habit like any other, and it only yeah. becomes easier over time by doing it. Um, yeah. So that that's probably that's the other thing that I think of when somebody asks how they can be consistent is realize it's a habit and you're training yourself to do it
1: right and so my the one thing I would add to that and you kind of touched on this is don't make it too big so don't be like like you said don't be like writing every every day start with us with a self schedule that is realistic so whether that's like a bit like you know I have my very basic blog schedule which is that I always post something twice a week and then you can grow from that. You can push on from that. But make it realistic. So not I wouldn't say make it small, but make it manageable and doable to start with. Because if you make it too big to start with, you're just setting yourself up to fail instantly. And then of course that's then a self-fulfilling prophecy that you're then like, oh well then I always I never do what I set out to do. And, and that's because what you set out to do, you made like too way too massive. So be, you know, make sure that what you're your goal that you're setting yourself or your schedule, in this case, that you're setting yourself is realistic rather than just, you know, fantasy. So that then all you do is you, you essentially fail before you even get going. So, yeah, perhaps start smaller than you think you need to, because when you achieve it, like I read something very recently today about like your to do list. You should have one big long to-do list and then each day you should put three things on your to-do list for that day and just do those three things because otherwise if you keep looking at the to-do list that's got 15 things on it, you maybe just get manage to scrabble through one in a day. Whereas actually, If you actually feel like you've only got to do two things in a day or three things in a day, that actually seems manageable and you crack on and you get them done rather than if you look at a list of 15 you only get one though so this is something i read just recently and i thought actually that's a really interesting idea and something i'm going to start doing um so i think yeah smaller smaller is maybe more is better in this case
0: i i agree completely the other thing and we say this all the time but i think it is worth Saying it yet again, and we have linked to this in the past, and I will link to it again. And that is using the tools that are out there to help you build the habit and be inspired. So, Mar- Marie Rebel has an amazing list of all mm-hmm. the blogging memes that she knows about on her Wicked Wednesday site. Like I said, we've linked to it in past episodes, but I'll link to it again in the show notes for this episode. And so, one do not be overwhelmed by that list. You do not have to participate in every meme that's no, out there. No, pick and choose, pick and choose, and combine when appropriate. But if what you're doing is trying to find your way into the habit and figure out well, what is my schedule and when when am I going to create content and what's it going to be about, start in any at any point clicking through the different available memes and go at least in the beginning go with the ones that either the topic or the picture that's used or the whatever it does inspire you it makes you think it speaks to you and then and it and it doesn't have to be this if you're the type of person who doesn't want like a really set like strict i'm going to participate in these memes and you want the freedom and the luxury to be flexible every week Pick a different one to participate in. Sure. Many of them are weekly. Some are monthly. Some are biweekly, like kink of the week, split you know, two basically yeah. in a month. Yeah. Um, some can be combined, and that's great. Sometimes you'll be inspired by several things, and sometimes you might only be inspired by one. You're not failing – regardless of what you do because the you're still building the habit one day a week is better than no days a week so and i will um, say
1: as well rebels soss post as well she also at the bottom of that writes a summary of like all the ones for that week and what those topics are so that's mm -hmm. also really helpful you can find that on um rebelsnotes.com go and look at her like the most recent soss post that she posts think she posts them, I want to say, every Saturday morning. I think um, she does too, yeah. They're actually really helpful, too. So they uh, have a lot of any of the memes which have um, a theme or a topic, she tends to have it – she's got it, like, listed all there. What are the current ones that are, like, open for submission? Yeah. So, yeah, so, really useful resource.
0: Yeah, so use that. Use the resources that are out there. Um, another one, and I think it's because the – if I'm remembering correctly, the person who asked this question – is trying to also create informational content. Mm-hmm. Um, use questions that either you receive or that you see other people asking. They don't have to be asking you the question for you to answer the question. Sure. Um, so, you know, especially if you're looking for informational content, you're like, well, where do I start? I have been able to get, I'll use myself as an example, lovingbdsm.net, um, my ideal situation is there are three new pieces of content on that site per month, not month, Lord, y'all week per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, there's a new post every week. That's, that's the goal. And I was starting to feel stuck and I wasn't in a good habit of sitting down and creating the content like I needed to. And I knew this, I have given this advice before, but I had somehow forgotten it. I was like, wait, I get questions all the time. Or I see people questioning things on Twitter or on Instagram mm-hmm. or wherever. Let me just make one of the things I write, I don't do it initially every week. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It's just, here's a question I was asked, or here's a question I saw. And I name the question, and then below the question, I write here's my answer. answer, yeah. And that is...
1: I love Q&As. I know. I, it, Best so I find that really easy to write yeah because i've got an opinion it, on everything i've I'm I, not necessarily got a question but ask me a question and i bet you i can bang out a like of 800
0: word blog post we hadn't noticed um <laughs> but, but and it, it's something that i knew to be true but i was thinking like bigger picture like what are questions that are being asked and i finally went wait what are people asking me like what is this question that came in my email let me take that question out take out all the personal information there's a blog post and it just sort of reinvigorated the schedule yeah. and the habit. It's yeah. just, so there, use the use the resources you have. And you might not even realize all the resources that are out there, the people that you're following and who are following you, that you're interacting with, that you're observing. I'm a big lurker, y'all. And I still get lots of ideas just from lurking, you know, mm-hmm. give credit where credit is due if it's somebody else's idea. But let the people around you inspire your content as well. Absolutely. Okay.
1: Moving on. Um, We have next question is from Quinn, who um, on Twitter I believe is on Queer Street, and that's also um, her blog on QueerStreet.com. You should go check her out. And um, this actually kind of relates actually to the previous question, so it's interesting. Um, Her question was, "How on earth do you two write as much as you do?" So it actually kinda of relates. But yeah. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
0: My when I I'll go ahead and go. Okay. I, I will say I don't feel like I write that much. And it's not that I don't write that much. It's that I no longer write as much as I used to. Uh-huh. So when I first saw the question, I was like, but I'm not. I'm not writing a lot. And so I will twist that question into produce content. Um, instead of just write, because now we've got audio, and I do some video for BDSM, sure. like so it's all content, even if I'm not physically writing it. And the simple answer I have for that, which is uh, simple but not easy, is schedules. I keep a to-do list. I have a an ideal schedule in my head of how much content will be produced on any given site or for any given platform. Um, And I repurpose content where I can. So, Loving BDSM is the example here because we have the website, the podcast, and the YouTube channel. And I think some people will go, oh my gosh, that's a lot. Well, I cheat. So, one video a week on YouTube is us recording the podcast. So, I've got two pieces of content used one time. Yeah. Um, At this point, I've just, we've in the past few months recently transitioned to this. If we do a product review, or now even a here's a short video about this small this one part of BDSM like it's a 10 minute video we are known I am known for being a talker so I was like let's do a personal challenge and make short content um those videos that go to the YouTube channel will eventually be a blog post on the site so yes I have to physically write out some content for the blog right but but the 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 guts of it are done right i've already talked about it it's already top of mind i know what i said i have notes from when we did a script or whatever and then like i said i take questions that i'm asked and when i feel like i can give a generic answer but a more generalized answer for a wider audience that then becomes a blog topic so i have my schedule yeah and i repurpose content everywhere i can for the small answer i don't really do that i just shrink down my expectations of my content. I tried for a while to do three days a week and that just was not sustainable for me. So now we do two days a week at the Smutlancer. KaylaLords.com, I try really hard. I used to try really hard to blog more often and now I'm down to once a week. And if you were listening to last week's episode, you know that I have given myself permission to take a break for now and focus on other things. You know, so it's about um, repurposing for me. It's about repurposing content where I can Um, making it sort of do double or triple duty um, to get the most value out of it and it's about having a schedule a plan and putting it on my to-do list yeah and it that's how if i'm when when i am creating i get peak content production that is how i'm doing it
1: okay so how on earth do i write so much i would say the same as kayla i don't think that i do i'm constantly like oh i'm not writing enough i'm not writing enough so like the fact that you think I write a lot is like pretty cool. Um, I will say though, that I will accept this that I have been writing for a very long time. So that I will say. Um, how have I kept going for so long? I have an addiction problem. I think that's the answer. <laughs> um, I can't imagine not doing it. That's also the answer. So I, and I don't know how to do anything else anymore, I think um, is also the answer. Um, But how do I write so much? I think a lot of... Kayla and I probably use quite similar tactics. Um, I don't... Do I repurpose content? Actually, I do repurpose content. I don't know why I was pretending that I don't. I do. I think also for me, because um, certainly my content on my blog, on Molly's Daily Kiss, um, is a mixture of words and images, that, that actually allows me to kind of play around with that. So you may look and think I've produced quite a lot of content, and I have... But maybe there's not a ton of writing always to it. So I think having that because so I'm, yes, I'm producing content. It's not necessarily all written content. That doesn't mean that a lot of time and thought and effort hasn't gone into it. Um, but you know, perhaps I'm not writing 800 word, um, posts, which is actually fine. I'm producing, still producing content. Um, So I think that's one of the things is to maybe be like, what other kind of content can I produce that it doesn't have to be writing? So actually, do I want to like record audio? Like in Kayla's case, do I want to make a video? In my case, it's like, actually, I want to take pictures and how do I weave them into my content? How do they become a core part of what I do? You know, that was something that probably took me about, probably about a year to 18 months to really work out to, from when I decided to start taking pictures to actually how that kind of fitted in with what I did um, now it's just seamless like I, I know exactly how it fits in and how it works so yeah think about those other things too um, a bit like we said before like you, you, I don't know just use the resources use community look at the memes um, produce what inspires you like when you see a thing and you're like oh I've got something to say about that that's the thing to write about and if you don't have something to say be like okay I don't really have anything to say about that um, so yeah I don't know how do we, how do I write so much I hmm, I don't know that I do you just I don't
0: know you keep going you have when we talked about this in the, the last question you've got a habit of it it is a yeah. part of you structure your life around it sometimes you structure it around your life yes sure, but it is Once we started, and we found individually, we found our own sort of groove in it, and what worked. Rhythm. We have both adapted and changed over time. I would say we probably both do at least on any single site create less volume of content than we used to. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we. I, I think it's safe to say for both of us, we found the habit and the rhythm and the groove that worked for us. Adapt as we go; the longer we do it, and now it's you know it's not always easy but it is simple because we look at a day now and go okay this is my day this is these these are the things I have to get done in this day and one of those things might be blogging or we look at a day and go how do I make this work with content creation for this day but it's it's a part of our thought process when we're looking at our day and I think a lot of that I'm with you I'm addicted to I couldn't not create content at this Mm -hmm. point I don't know who I would be or what I would be if I'm not creating content I went through a a minor identity crisis at the idea of not blogging regularly at my personal site because of that but because it is a part of our identity we don't I don't think either of us is probably conscious of the fact that we're weaving it into our day Mm -hmm. or our week And that is a product of time. That's a product of experience. It's a product of consistency and forming habits. So it's one of those things that the longer you do it, the easier that part becomes. The writing might not become that much easier. Um, Some days it is extremely easy for me. And some days I struggle to put word after word after word too. Um, But it... It's, I think it's just a byproduct of time uh-huh. you know not that we've done something special but that we've just consistently done it Yeah. and now it is what we do
1: yeah absolutely yeah. okay I hope that answers the question uh, if not ask away again um, so okay our last one is kind of actually a l- series of little questions they were emailed to us from somebody called I'm going to say Ankit but it might be onkit. Um, apologies if we have that said that wrong. So, I think shall I read through the whole thing and then we'll go back and look at each bit. I think so. My name's Ankit, and I'm an, an aspiring smut writer. I'm looking to make some side money to save up for a nice trip, and I have heard of smut writing as an option to make easy, in inverted commas, money. Obviously, I know it's not going to be that simple but I have no idea how to process how the process is supposed to work. After reading up online, I've learned that most, most... Oh my goodness. Most authors publish through Kindle Direct Publishing. Is this the best way to make money? Also, should the approach be different if I'm looking to do this short-term versus long-term? Is it even feasible to do this for a few months, then stop completely? Finally... How anonymous can one be as a smut writer? So there's quite a few questions in there. So let's go back to the first bit. I have heard of smut writing as an option to make easy money. Obviously, I know it's not that simple, but I've no idea how the process is supposed to work. There isn't actually a question there, but I just want to touch on that bit. So first of all, I think that this person is talking about probably writing fiction. Um, The Kindle Direct Publishing gives me that as a, as a clue so my suspicion is that you are talking about perhaps writing novels or novellas or short stories so sexy stories making money from sexy stories whoever told you that smut writing is an easy option is either taking too many drugs or not taking enough because they are all the wrong <laughs> um, and you know what? If you're if you think if you think that is come at me, I'm ready for that rant. Uh, <laughs> because that no, like there is no way that this is like the idea that this is easy money that you can just bash out some smart and put it on Kindle and your and the money's going to start rolling in. uh, uh-uh. ain't gonna happen like that. Um, so whoever told you that is is either in fantasy land. Or, like, I don't know what their skill base is. My suspicion is they've, they they don't know. I think, and a lot of people think this, that they think that lots of people who aren't writers think, A, writing is easy, and then when they try it, they realise it's not. And B, that writing sex is easy. And it's not. It is not. There is a lot of bad sex writing out there. There's also a lot of great sex writing out there. And that is your problem. That, that This is a market with a lot of people working in it. Producing, A, some awful content, and B, (laughs) lots of people producing excellent content, excellent writers, writing excellent stories, whether they be novels, whether they be short stories. There is tons of it, absolutely tons of it. So you are not going to literally write a few stories, bash out a few stories, stick them on Kindle, direct publishing, and make money. Because you have to have an audience. You have to have built something else around it to get those people in and even then making money from writing fiction is a tough tough gig so eh, whoever told you that crazy person so let's look at this again after reading up online i've learned that most authors publish through kindle direct publishing is this the best way to make money i think i kind of just covered that um i don't know do you want to say anything about kindle direct publishing before we move on to the next little bit
0: um, I would say that it is a very popular option if you are, especially if you're self-publishing, which is, uh, it's a personal choice on whether that's the best way to go. Um, self-publishing versus traditional publishing for erotica. Self-publishing is definitely more common. It is, uh, it gives you more control. Uh, Kindle and Amazon is the most popular because it's got the biggest market share of, uh, ebook readers. Uh-huh. Um, but kindle and amazon also have extremely strict rules yeah so if your content is too taboo they will block you and not let you publish yeah if If you you, have a
1: book cover that even looks like i know people who've had their blog taken down their blog their book taken down um and the reason was the book cover and there wasn't even like titties on it there was like you know uh, the hint of titties Um, so yeah, really, really strict about that stuff. I know lots of people who have had a lot of trouble.
0: Yep. And then there are always outliers of people who find success in other ways, not just Amazon. Yeah. Amazon, I think is, it's a smart decision to be part of any, um, Uh, strategy you have for self-publishing, but there's also Smashwords. There's also direct to print, which Kindle does, or Amazon will help you with. There are a a lot of different options. Uh, That's just the most common, but if you go into it without understanding the rules and the way, and the rules aren't even clear, they don't tell (laughs) you what's going to get you blocked. I have a book, the last book I, or one of the last books I uh, self-published, it's called Madam Gretchen everybody in the book is clearly over 18, but the book is set in what I called a classroom. It was a BDSM class, okay, at a BDSM club. And because I had the word class and teacher somewhere in my content, uh, Amazon flagged it and almost didn't let me publish it. I had to go in and like, add a disclaimer at the front of the book that all the characters are over 18 and then I had to send something that said no this is it was like an appeal or something. They said no this is a an adult classroom in an adult setting. And th- like those and those are not rules that you could just put in a listicle on the internet sure. that BuzzFeed's gonna publish. Like Yeah yeah yeah. So it's even something as popular or as simple as publishing with through Kendall has its own rules and battles and things that people don't because this is the nature of sex, sexual content that none of the the platforms are going to tell you what the rules are they're right. just going to block you when they've decided arbitrarily yeah. that you have broken a rule. Yeah. So, yes it's common, yes it's, you know, Amazon has a place in any self-publishing strategy, but you cannot go into it blindly and think you can just put up yeah. anything. And there might not be, you know, you might not get blocked. You've got to do you your might.
1: research. And yep. just, and, uh, as Amazon has said, is a, got most of the e-readers, it's also got most of the writers too. So you mm-hmm. have to think about how you're going to stand out because why would somebody buy your book over somebody else's? So one of the other things I would say, which you could I would actually, just so the next bit also, should the approach be different if I'm looking to do this short-term versus long-term? Is it even feasible to do this for a few months and then stop completely? I'm going to be really bold here and say no.
0: I just I, it makes me laugh that you can that you can do it short term and make money. Those two things don't go together in no. the same sentence. This Uh-oh.
1: takes time and work and effort. You've got to build an audience. You've got to write your content. Your content's got to be good. You've got to get it on some publishing platform, and then you've got to get people to come and buy it and read it. And so, I the answer to can you even do this for a few months and then stop? Absolutely, you can but you won't have made any money. And if you do, or if you do, it's an absolute fluke. Like I would almost put money on the fact that you won't make money in that situation. People who do make money from this are two things. Good at it. Good good at writing the content, so they write excellent erotica. And the people who make money enough for this to be their gig are also prolific. So they have, you know, whole series of books you know I've got all these I've got these eight books and I've got this other old kind of I've got another triology over here and then I've got this you know I've got eight standalone novels and that kind of thing I so I think if you are going to make money with a capital M then I think you have to write excellent stuff you have to have an audience who are dedicated, who love your work, who will always come back and buy your new book because they bought the previous book and they loved it. And therefore you have to be prolific. Those, I think, so not two things, those are three things. And so you can do it short term, but it's not going to work. And long term, you need to think about how you're going to build that stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's right up there with people that we have both encountered who thought they could just start a blog or start a website and they would get traffic and they would make money from their blog or website. Um, It is a slow build. It is something that you have to invest time into. You are going to start out with zero people knowing who you are and caring that you've written anything and only through time and consistency and effort and you find figuring out what tools are available to you and then learning how to use them and then learning how to use them well and time after time and year over year then you're going to build something and develop something and that is true if you're trying to build a site that makes money if you're trying to write a book that makes money um none of it is fast or easy or even cheap because even if you can do it let's use the book as an example okay you could you can self publish a book technically for free you can write the thing you can edit it yourself you can make your own cover art using some stock you know some free photo off of pixabay or whatever I recommend none of that because your product the quality of your product when you were done is not necessarily as good as if you had invested time and money into it money to hire an editor money to have an artist actually make your cover for you money for somebody to like tell you ha- teach you the skills money to create a platform you know self-host yourself build a site build a place for people to find your books like you technically you can do these things on the cheap for free and just your uh, own personal time two two things one It's not going to be as good as if you make an investment in your product. And two, your time is money and valuable as well. Yeah. So none of it's cheap. None of it's easy. None of it's free. It all takes – and it takes as long as it takes. So one person might – See success in two years of doggedly just doing the thing, yeah. and somebody else it might be five to ten years.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean, one of the things I want to say because I feel like we're being quite negative, which we are, because I think we're being realistic. <laughs> um,
0: being negative.
1: Like, it is all doable. That's the thing. It is all doable. But the thing, I think why we're being a bit negative here is you, it was couched in the concept of easy money and I guess the implication that it could be done quickly. And so I don't think A, there's easy money or B, it can be done particularly quickly. So I think that's what, what we're trying to be negative about those. The, is it doable in apart from that? Yes, it is. But you need to, it's going to take time. And work and resources and blah, 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 blah. So, yes. final bit. Finally, how anonymous can one be as a smart writer? Well, how long is a piece of string? Um, <laughs> like, you... So, if you don't need to be or not want to be anonymous or aren't that bothered, then it's, it should be fairly easy. If anonymity is absolutely key to you, and I have said this before and I will say it again, if you are thinking of starting a sex blog or writing a dirty novel or publishing a dirty picture of yourself, and if that got out to somewhere that you could potentially completely ruin your life, not, oh, that was a bit uncomfortable or, but I mean genuinely, ruin your life like change the direction or course of your life then you need to seriously think about whether you should do that thing um because there is never any surefire bet on the anonymity front there is always a risk you just have to evaluate and decide whether you are prepared to take that risk so yeah think about that but there are definitely practical steps that you can take to minimize that. Obviously, a pen name is the first thing. Don't associate your pen name with your real name, so have a separate email address. That's for your pen name. Buy a domain name in your pen name. Buy domain name privacy. If you don't buy domain name privacy, Everybody everywhere can see your real name attached because you have to put in your real name when you buy a domain name, by the way. Don't lie about that. That's actually a very bad thing to do. Potentially could get you into a lot of trouble, possibly, maybe, possibly lose your domain name. So you have to put in genuine real-life credentials into your domain name stuff or else have some kind of business or P.O. box type thing. But buy domain privacy and nobody can see it. Um, apart from the authorities who need to in which case you'll be fine so by domain privacy um, think how d- anonymous do you need to be like do you need to make sure that you separate social medias like do you have a real life social media account that you absolutely do not want to cross paths with your pen name social media account? How important is that like do you uh, want is there a risk that if you make a Facebook in your pen name, is it going to start offering your pen name up to your grandma, Joan, or Auntie Pat? Because uh, Facebook knows. Facebook knows that you're the same person. Don't ever think that you are smarter than these platforms because you're not. They know everything. So, But there are things you can do to mitigate that. For example, using different browsers, using, like, masking your IP address type, type stuff. So, I mean, that's like a whole subject in and of itself that I don't think we can cover in detail. But... Yes, you can be anonymous. How anonymous you need to be is what you need to
0: ask yourself. Yes. I have nothing to add to that. Um, I think it's like anything else we do. There's a risk to everything. There's a risk to sex. There's a risk to BDSM. There's a risk to putting yourself on the internet as a human in 2019 and beyond. I don't care what the topic is. And yes, there is a risk to... Trying to maintain any anonymity online, so yeah, you just have to to uh, understand for yourself what your risk tolerance is. How how much can you tolerate? And I think I have watched other people who want to stay anonymous, and this and, and this is my, includes myself as well. The longer you do it, the longer you have a site, the longer you write or publish under a pen name, the longer you live part of your life online under this um, pseudonym you figure out where your comfort level is and I know for myself that has broadened over the years. In the very very beginning, I was I would have lost my job, I was going through a divorce, I could have lost my kids in my head. I could have lost my kids. So, I had the sex blog, but I was paranoid. I was constantly um deleting my browser history and I would never open one type of account on one dev- on the same the vanilla account did not get opened on the the same device as the adult account. Uh, For a long time, I didn't have um, social media platforms. I just had the blog because I was terrified. And then I got a little bit more comfortable. And I also realized that some of the things I was afraid of probably weren't realistic fears. And so I widened my scope a little bit and I got Twitter and I got this and I got that. And every year I've, I've been personally a little bit more open because I have developed comfort levels. I've realized the limitations we get. Sometimes we get better tools to use. I have, by not taking my anonymity as seriously as I should have or wanted to, I have been found a couple of times in really unpleasant ways. And I've had to learn from those lessons. I have thankfully recovered from all of those, but I've learned some lessons. Like, um, I finally deleted All of my vanilla social media accounts and uh, from my phone, I do not access those vanilla accounts. I actually don't access them at all anymore. I do not care. I deactivated my vanilla Instagram. I didn't deactivate my vanilla Twitter, but I just don't go there anymore. Um, And I don't put in my real phone number for any of that. And I do not access Facebook from my phone at all. I do, however, access Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, so it's not that much different. Mm -hmm. But... I learned the hard way to get a Google number. So I had a separate phone number attached to one persona versus my phone number, which is attached to my legal name. And those are still imperfect. You know, all of the platforms are spying on us and none of them care about keeping our information safe or separate from anything. So, you know, it's still imperfect. But the longer you focus on what what you need to feel safe and what your risk tolerance is with your own anonymity the longer you do it the longer you find your comfort level i've seen some people who um for a long time would not even dare have an instagram and now they're ready and comfortable with an instagram account understanding that there are risks but they're more comfortable um and i am now at a point you know in 2012. Uh, no you were not looking at my face it was not possible you were not gonna hear my voice it was not possible yeah <laughs> saw- nope. <laughs> right and now you can't get me to shut up and if you put a camera on my face I'll smile so and also you know I gave up most of my anonymity to my family my closer family members know kind of what I do but that was a process and a journey And so that's another thing to keep in mind is that there is a possibility that the level of anonymity you think you need on day one, a few years in, you might not need that much. Or you might be like our mutual friend, Girl on the Net, who takes anonymity so seriously that she should just teach a masterclass on it because she has found ways to keep the two lives, the two halves, very, very separate in and succeed at it and make money doing it so Uh you know it there's a spectrum there molly is basically completely out we all know who molly is girl on the net is we know who girl on the net is but we don't know who girl on the net is so you can find your comfort level within that spectrum over time yeah Um, so that that's another thing to think about when you're you're thinking about what and what you need anonymity for what you're afraid of how you see this progressing you know
1: right and like my journey to being out in inverted commas it it was a journey i didn't start off like this i started off super anonymous and gradually it kind of all slipped away and then i became less super anonymous until i'm in this position now so i'm very lucky to be able to be in that position and to not have to worry about that stuff um so, yeah, I think that, you know, you can change as you go along. You can let be less anonymous. You cannot take it back again. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, you cannot go back and be like, oh, I was out there. But now, I mean, you'd have to literally start over with new names and everything and shut down an old identity. Um Like, it would be completely impossible for me to ever be anonymous again. Yeah, no, no, uh-uh. Um, so, yes, although even in that situation, yes, it would be anonymous for me again, but I still don't use my real name. So, true, true. in theory, there's that tiny bit, but yes, it, it's it's semantics. It's only a small thing. like. But, yeah, you can't take it back. You can't take that, like, if you decide to be kind of a bit out there, and then go, oh, I actually now want to be a bit more anonymous. Like, that's almost an impossible route to take without starting over. But you can go the other way around. Start off super anonymous and then gradually find your comfort level um, as you go. And that would be my advice is to do it that way around. Yeah, So. Okay, well, I think we've answered all those questions. Again, um, apologies if we felt like we came across super, anon- super anonymous, super <laughs> negative. Um as I said, it wasn't our intention, but I think actually rather than being super negative, I hope we are being super realistic. Um, you know, there's no point in us blowing smirk smoke up your skirt, so to speak, and then you're going, wait, actually, that's not true. So, yeah, super realistic rather than super negative. I hope that <coughs> that's the thing. And that's it for this episode. I think we're going to leave it there. Um, we'd love more questions from you guys whatever you want to ask us Um, whether it's about writing whether it's about blogging whether it's about making money whether it's about organising your time whether it's about working from home working for yourself whether it's about balancing working for yourself and working for a real job like whatever um, it is um, it doesn't have to be necessarily connected directly to smart writing maybe it's just about you know working for yourself, starting a business, all those kinds of things, um, get in touch. We want to hear from you. We want to talk to you. Uh, but you need to talk to us so that we can talk to you.
0: Exactly. Because we can talk to each other anytime we want. We But can. we want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in the show notes, um, there's a link to uh, the Ask the Smut Lancer page on the Smut Lancer website. Mm-hmm. So you can use that. Um, Our Twitter information will be in the show notes page, but you can follow Molly at Molly's Daily Kiss, me at Kayla Lords or at The Smut Lancer. Um, You can DM us, you can email us, you can tweet at us, you can send up a smoke signal, like however you need to to get in touch. Send your questions, send your thoughts. Um, If you recall last month, we responded to a thought, not a question, and we will do that. We're happy to do that too. Um, And yeah and then if you want a place where you can get questions answered almost immediately i don't think there's any question that's ever waited more than a few hours or the overnight hours for somebody to answer it you can join us on patreon at patreon.com slash the lancers. if you choose a five dollar and up tier you get access to our community slack channel where one of the threads is ask anything and people ask all kinds of questions and yes they do feedback and answers from multiple people not just us uh-huh. um and so that is another way to get faster feedback quicker information uh-huh. more perspective so that's patreon.com slash the that link is also in the show notes as well yay yay we did it okay that's us we love you guys we will be back again
1: next week next with week. you and then the week
0: after with me Exactly. And then, two weeks after that, we're together again. Yeah. Our
1: our favorite bit. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.